The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water and Water Life Science. This show has been dedicated for almost 10 years to get it, provide the education to our audience throughout the world on the importance of water and your health, educating you and reminding you that your body is operating with water within the body. Your brain is 80 to 85% water connected to your eyes. Your eyes on the surface are 99% water. The lungs, 75 to 80% water. Your heart, 75 to 80% water. Liver, 75 to 70 to 75% water. Bones, 20 to 25% water. Your teeth, 8 to 10% water. Skin, 70 to 75% water. Kidneys, 80 to 85% water. Your blood, 50% water. Muscles, 70 to 75% water. What are you? How important is water to you? Then we've been teaching water vapor and the air that has been forgotten, that invisible water and the vapor of the air that you don't see unless it begins to rain and the rain pulls the moisture evaporation out of the droplet of vapor and it rains, okay? Then when it stops raining, it goes right back into that invisible water again. That's what you're breathing. Without that, you're not going to be alive, the earth began with that water vapor in the air. So the cycle, the recycling of the earth's life all the way to your life and your health is the water vapor in the air. You must learn how to breathe. You need to do breathing exercises. Breathe in and let it out through the mouth like the earth does it every day. Without the water on the planet to recycle for the vapor of the air, on the surface of the planet it's going to begin to diminish. The water vapor, the water in your body is recycling with the water vapor from birth because you left your mother's pocket of water, that little cave. You came from that cave of water, entered into the air we live in, water vapor, to keep you alive. And then we learned how to supplement along the way, how to breathe, how to drink lots of water, how to eat, how to get moderate exercise, and to sleep. Today, our show is going to be with Dr. Dwayne Cecil. He's a Ph.D. His background is extraordinary. I'm going to say a little bit about it. He's the principal scientist in a company called Sustainable Earth Observation Systems. He has, in his lifetime of over 40 years, been involved as a scientist into studying the water vapor, the atmosphere, studying the water on the planet Earth, and understanding 
how our Earth is evolving with the solar system, with the way our water and our planet is evolving, and the recycling of all of this for life to be hopefully here for eternity. You're going to find him the most fascinating of all people we've had on, because today we're also going to be talking about what happened in Flint, Michigan, because we need education. We can point the fingers at all these people on the planet that are not taking water serious, and maybe you're not either as a listener. But I think after the show today, you're going to find we must make a priority of water and even our political issues. It should be number one for your safety is water first. But first, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist is a technology and a supplement to your eyes. Eyes are your whole existence of life for you to see, to be able to be healthy. And your eyes, when your eyelid is open, is absorbing a recycling of moisture from the, the water vapor of the air. When ophthalmology research came to me years ago and said, our problem is, is when the eye drop touches the eye, it causes a de- dehydration over-evaporation. Could you think of something? So after a period of time, we decided, and they, it's exciting. It's been patented all over the world. Scientists and optometrists and ophthalmologists have endorsed it globally for Nature's Tears Eye Mist to be the only supplement of its kind to be able to supplement the eyes and its moisture level. It must maintain at the surface of the eye 99% water. You're like a walking battery. It's recharging with the electrolytic energy in the air. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with a tissue culture grade water with just a mist. And we'll then talk to Dr. Dwayne Cecil. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Cecil, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you. I know you're busy today and you're limited in time. But tell the audience a little bit about your past so that when we're discussing some of these issues today, 
you can understand that you're the right person to be educating us. Well, I've, I've, as you pointed out in your introduction, I've spent uh, a little over 40 years uh, looking at water on the planet and in the atmosphere in, in one form or another, from uh, frozen state and glaciers to groundwater resources, freshwater ground resources to to ocean resources and the interaction with the, with the atmosphere above it, and looking at climate change and environmental change and all kinds of perturbations on, on the water resources of the world. And it grew into actually um, a career working with NASA, and I work with the International Space Station now, uh, which is a national laboratory declared by, by our Congress. And we use remote sensing to look at the Earth and look at changes in the atmosphere and changes in water resources and changes in vegetation. And so I've really spent my whole science career one way or another looking at, at water, and whether it's the availability of water or the quality of water. And so when you asked me to take a look at this situation of Flint, it just uh, brought a whole lot of things home for me. We In this country, we really take fresh water as a, we take it as a privilege. We, we take it for granted. We turn the faucet on. We know we're going to have it. And this, this situation of Flint is just, I think, a tip of the iceberg of we're going to start seeing more and more challenges in this country with, with not only the availability and quantity of water, but with, with the quality of water. So well, what they're going to find, as you uh, just said, what you just said is, uh, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth. They're coming from me. I've said it for over 30 years to study. You've been at it for over 40 years. My concerns have been is the priority of our leaders has not been the safety of our lives. And the safety of our life has to be a priority of water availability to our society and, and the planet's nature to have available, clean, safe, amount of water that's necessary. Do you ever hear that in your in the political issues today? Um, I do hear it, and, and I don't I don't want to defend the the officials in Michigan and in Flint, Michigan, or the state of Michigan, or the federal government in any way. But I think originally this whole situation was set in motion by the city officials in Flint trying to save money on an annual basis, and. They, I don't think they intended to switch to a water supply that was going to cause problems with their population. They were really looking at saving between 15 and $20 million a year for the city by not purchasing water from the Detroit city water system, but taking it from their own Flint River, and, and they thought treat, pre-treating it and then letting it go, go out to the, home, the homes and the homeowners and the businesses there's a, a, some compounding errors here, and, and somewhere along the way, the officials, did, the, the, the communication did break down. It appears that some information was being hidden from the population of Flint. Uh, the FBI is involved now in, in the investigations, and so this, this thing has really turned into a, a firestorm, literally a firestorm of, of how our government officials make decisions and again, I'm sure they thought it was in the best interest to save you know, money. I agree with plan, you, and I don't like to point fingers. Yeah, I, I'm really agree with you. But our for what whatever happened, Doctor Cecil, to history 
our forefathers and what they learned. And going back, you know what I've watched? Because we're in a political campaign going on in the United States right now. We watch them forget about what our forefathers did also. They talk about it, but they don't believe they were that smart. Our forefathers knew that water was a primary focus of everything. And we've had on the show heads of water uh, in Holland and different countries. And we found that their governments were always set up like our government for water. And that the water, all the, the, the pilgrimage of our country surrounded the rivers and lakes and water. What I meant was during this campaign today, out there campaigning about all the things that we, these people are so brilliant about being able to do for us, is water on the agenda. Have you ever heard them say, any of the politicians running for office, water is a primary focus because of your safety? No. You don't, no. You're absolutely right. You don't hear that on the national scene. You may hear it from a governor or a governor's race in a western state in the United States. Water is, is paramount. But you're right. In this national campaigns of the national election, election right now. They're not talking about water. And, because and they're trying it's interesting to push that you bring that up because yeah, the governor of Michigan was in the process of going through campaigning to be reelected when this whole thing happened in Flint. And so was the, the, the correct amount of attention paid to what these decisions, how these decisions were going to impact the, the, the people of Flint? Apparently not. And it was right in the middle of a campaign for the governorship of Michigan. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot on this question. You've been around a long time, and you've been invited all over this country and around the world. When you go in and you're talking to people about the issue of of the priority of the water vapor in the atmosphere and the water on the ground and water below the ground in the aquifers and how important this all is for us to even live in the solar system and be healthy. Have you ever had anybody say to you that water is a priority when you're talking to them, or are they putting their money, they're investing money from the city, from the taxpayers, from the people that are living there, in directions they want it to go for themselves, where they think it's most important, or did you ever hear water was the priority first? I have. Actually, I have. And, and I've, I've related this experience to you before. When I was a, the Western Region Climate Services Director for NOAA, I was working out of the, the Regional National Weather Service Office in Salt Lake City. So when I first took that job on in 2010, I think it was, yeah, 2010, I took that job on. And I went to my first Western Governors Association, and I walked into the meeting and talked about climate change and the data and the products and the satellite information and all kinds of science and applications that NOAA could offer to help the governors make decisions. I lost every single one of them in the room. And the reason I lost them is because they care about how science can help them with water, especially in the West. I mean, the the development of their states, their re-election, their political careers in the western United States, are dependent on water. Now, are they looking at water 
for the right reasons, you would probably say no. But, but to answer your question, yes, I have presented science to politicians in this country and other parts of the world as well, and water is paramount. Now, is it for the right reasons? Are they concentrating on it to develop their states and, and to build their popularity and to get reelected? I'm sure that's part of it. But there are people that I have interacted with over the 40 years and decision makers and politicians that realize the importance of war. Well, for example, you know, I, my world has been studying the body and its water, living with the water vapor. So then I say in every show, we need to learn to breathe and do breathing exercises. It's vital. Uh, they're proving there is no question that if a person's doing some breathing exercises through the nose, out through the mouth, every day exercising, that it helps the whole cardiovascular and every pain and ailment you may have to help it out, to assist it. The second one is drinking an abundant amount of water. Now, what happened in Flint is so startling because with my background, I, have, I, real, I believe that those people that were drinking that water for that amount, any amount of time are going to have generations of unhealthy children because of what yeah. I just said right. during my commentary to remind everybody, even though it might be a little annoying every show, I keep reminding them, almost baking, and I'll yeah. do it with you too. Your body well, right. is made up of water, and each and one we, of those we, organs... In behind the organ of the skin, the skin is the, the sifting filtration, but behind there, the skin is 80 to 80% water. If each one of those organs is operating behind in that skin in water, and then you've, you and I have been on the show together with Dr. Pollock, and Dr. Pollock says, well, there's a fourth water in there that they hadn't noticed. And that re- the relationship with the water vapor is like we're all walking batteries. We're recharging with the energy of the electrolytic ability for the water vapor to recycle with us. That's like a battery charges. And I've said over and over again, I have, I have a very dear friend who's a scientist, airport controller. She said the airplane could not fly unless they understood the water vapor. Uh, batteries wouldn't charge. Life wouldn't exist. And then these people are drinking that kind of water in, the, in a country that has all that money. Where the, aren't we the superpower of money around the world? And we're really doing this to our good. own people to, to threaten their lives and danger? It was and really those little tiny innocent so, children. So, let me tell you a little bit of what I've been able to find out. There's still lots of questions to be answered in Flint, but so the city decided to try to save, like I said, between 15 and $20 million a year by switching from purchasing their water through the Detroit water system, which comes out of Lake Huron, one of the great lakes, which as you know, is the the largest collection of, of fresh water and lakes in the world in the great lakes between the United States and Canada. And so they switched from that to the Flint river. And they pre-treated the water, they thought, at the correct level, and then dispensed the water throughout their infrastructure. Therein lies the problem, and I think 
you know, I said earlier that this is just the start of some problems in the United States. There are other cities that are having problems as well. Jackson, Mississippi, a small town near Albany, New York, they're having similar kinds of problems that Flint has. So the infrastructure, how they get the water to the home. The main lines are cast iron. Then the lines from the main line into the homes in many of the homes in Flint, Michigan, are lead pipes. So the water they took from the Flint River is more corrosive than the water from Lake Huron. For some reason, I haven't been able to determine this yet because I haven't been able to look really deeply into, into what's going on there. But for some reason, the, the city officials that are responsible for supplying the water and treating the water didn't treat for the excess corrosiveness in the water from the Flint River. And so, when it went through the lead pipes, it, or when it went through the steel pipes, it, it picked up some iron. And that's why you see in, in many of the, the television uh, news stories on the Flint water, you see people holding clear bottles with orange-colored water in it. That's right. from coming through the main lines. And uh-huh. then that water went through the lead pipes and picked up lead. And then the people consumed it. Now, let's, let's think about the impact so far. And you're, you're so correct, especially on lead, that once that's done some damage to especially children six years of age and, and younger, I mean, their, their hair is falling out, uh, they're having um, mental Every challenges. Every organ of the body is affected by what happened. Yes, and it stays. It doesn't go away. So, but to put it in perspective, Flint's about 100,000 people. There's something like 9,000 Flint residents that are six years of age and younger. And of all the tests that they've done so far, the, the EPA is involved now and the Center for Disease Control out of the land is involved. There's about between 40 and 50 people in Flint that have elevated, measurable elevated levels of lead in their blood. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot unless you're one of those 40 or 50 people. Well, you know, people. the first thing that comes to me, doctor, is people don't drink enough water already. The Not ones that maybe see saved are the ones that didn't drink enough water. And uh, the ones that, and maybe those people were buying the water, like a lot of families are buying it by the cases. I don't know how, when you go to the grocery store, aren't you startled? I'm, in, I'm 74 years old, way back in time. To buy bottled water was like not none. Nowadays, everybody, even if you have safe water, you're buying cases of bottled water to carry around a bottled water with you. People are probably drinking more water being purchased in a bottle than they're even running in their tap to drink water. Well, we could spend an hour an hour show on that because I there, there's this whole idea that privatization of the world's water supplies for profit. I mean, that's what's happening, and, it, and it's going to be more profitable than oil at some point as the population grows. And we've talked about that before. Well, and real quickly before you go on, I'm very protective over the water companies to go out and bottle that water and make it available for people to purchase. What would happen, doctor, if they weren't doing that and the private companies are so regulated with the way they supply the water to what it may be? 
I've looked at uh, tragedies around the world. What arrives first? Cases upon cases of bottled water. Families in California, if they didn't have bottled water to buy from those privately held companies, they would have no water. Like we had a woman on the show recently, there were parts of California where the children were going to school without their clothing washed. They weren't able to flush the toilets. They were having to go to the bathroom outside the house in the neighborhood because there there wasn't enough water. There was no water. In fact, some of them had no water. So I'm very protective over companies that are making it possible for people to have those cases of water to buy. And, you know, I, I look at that. how much money. They're not making a lot of money per one, per bottle. I understand that. They and might I, be and making I, two cents. I really understand it in the developed part of the world, but in the least developed part of the world, there's over a billion people on this planet that have no access to clean, safe water. Over right. a billion people. Right. And, and you know every day there's approximately 4,000 children die on this planet because of contaminated every day. or no water. Every, every day. Every day. And you know, real quickly, why you brought that up, because we don't bring it up enough on this show, those children that are dying every day on this planet, Earth, I can't see how we're all living with ourselves because we go out and fight these political concerns. We go out and fight for oil. We'll go out and fight for all these reasons of political concerns for people to make an economy, and yet they don't, and they worry about immigrants leaving Syria and going all over the world, and they're not worried about several thousand children a month Thousands a month are dying because of water. They don't because even care about those little yeah. children. You know why? Those children are not politically demonstrating, those little children. That's a good point. You think about that. Four, about 4,000 children a day on a global scale it are is. dying because they, they either have contaminated water or they can't get water. And, they're and let's, go, let's go back to Flint. They're defenseless. And they talk about waterboarding being serious. What about what they're doing to the children in those countries and all over the world? They don't care because those little children are so innocent. They're not going to go out and demonstrate yet or create a political uh, demonstration. They're not threatening to them. So those children innocently die. So let's, let's take it back to Flint. So President Obama has just authorized $80 million, our dollars, taxpayer dollars, to help Michigan address the problem in Flint. Think about how far $80 million would go to alleviate some of that 4,000 children a day on a global scale. And this is, this is just an instance in this country, and, and we tend to throw money at these kinds of things, and, and what we're not thinking about is this country, in my 40-plus-year career of working in the environment, we have this country has never formed a water policy, a national water policy. We have no national energy policy. We have no national environmental and climate change policy. And we just go from administration to administration and from natural disasters like Katrina to what's happening in Flint, Michigan, and throw money at it and just keep moving on, and we don't learn from it. You know what it is, like, for example, you're working at what you're doing, I'm working at what I do, we're all working, 
And uh, those of us that find uh, I have my, there's nothing in my life in the last 30 years that's been above, any priority above water and what I do. <laughs> my hard-earned living, my pocketbook, my friends and, and the relationships that I build, everybody that works with me is because of the water. And I look back on it, and I started that years ago, and I kept pounding the pavement. And then when I started this radio show, they said, would you like to have your own radio show? And I thought, maybe I would, because then I could call it the power of water. And we're going to have t- 10 years here, doctor. And, and what have I been able to accomplish? Um, I look at it like almost, what am I doing here, beating my drums? Uh, our guests are like you. They're all dedicated and focused and <laughs> saving lives and a better planet and healthier people and, and what's happening. Um, and then we hear about what happened in Flint. But like you said, there's going to be, all, uh, even in my community in Grants Pass, Oregon, the gr- federal government came here and told the city water they were behind the times and not providing the safest of water. And a, t- and a small town. Now, but the town could buy brand new police cars and the town could buy property to add to the city. The town did a lot of investing. The k- county did a lot of investing. <coughs> Excuse my voice. Why didn't they make water the priority? Now they got to go. Maybe it's because they believe the federal government will come in and do it. But isn't that too late for the safety and health of their citizens? Well, and then everybody pays for it. Not just the the local citizens and the local governments, but we all pay for it. And and this is going to happen over and over and over. All of these communities. When you go back and look at Flint, for $100 a day, they could have treated that Flint River water in the correct way for the corrosiveness and not picked up the iron from from the cast iron pipes and not picked the lead up from the lead pipes. $100 a day. They didn't do it. Who made that decision? Why aren't the plans in place long term for this, the CFOs, and the national water the C- policy? For this, we have none now, in this country. Let's go back for a minute there. I just thought of something when you said that. Probably the CFO, the CP, the treasurer, and the CPAs. You know, uh, if it doesn't make them money, if it doesn't, if you can't figure out the money, and the thing about it is, is these people are listening to. Uh, they don't know how to go out and raise capital uh, like those of us who run companies. They're not people who ever sat behind a desk and invented a company or in, came up with entrepreneurs and, and created a lot of jobs with their own pocketbook. So they're just basing, in fact, in fact something I've watched, and uh, I think they, everybody would agree with in those positions too, that when you have a budget of money coming in to a bureaucratic governmental uh, uh, concern, they make sure they spend that money every year, and then they want more money. The budget, they have to have right. another budget. And the thing right. about it is, I, I worry myself about the budgets, because they, they know there's going to be more coming, and that there's life and death, they're gonna, they'll, they'll send more money after the death than they would if everybody's healthy and alive. <laughs> Well, again, I'm sure when they made that decision to switch to Flint River water that they, they thought they were making the right decision. They were saving their their taxpayers and their city budget 15 to $20 million a year, and they thought they were doing the right thing. 
but it seems like, and I, and I haven't been able to dig too deep into it yet, but it seems like that thin decisions were made and cover-ups were, were instituted to not take the blame and not stop what was going on and try to fix it, and now they have this situation there. But I think that, again, in the infrastructure in this country, we've talked about this before too, Sharon, that the roads and the bridges and the water delivery systems and the, and the power grid, you know, it's 40, 50, 60 years old, and it's, and it's wearing out in places, and we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing that's happening in Flint. We're going to take a minute from our sponsor, and I know you're kind of pushing it today because you've got some scheduling. We're going to take a minute with our sponsor, and we'll be right back, and then we'll uh, go a little further on this because I've got some questions of you other than just okay. Flint. Uh, we'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, a supplement for the eyes. The eyes are 99% water at the surface. Did you know that an eye drop can cause a dehydration effect? Nature's Tears Eye Mist with tissue culture grade water is just a mist. We'll talk to, listen to our sponsor and we'll be back and talk to Dr. Cecil. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Cecil, I could not let you go today and without bringing up climate change. Define the difference between what started out long ago with global warming. Now we're hearing climate change, and they're blaming society for it on the Earth planet. Could you explain to us what they mean? Okay, well, they're, they're natural climate change cycles. Um, about every 1,500 years, we see in the, in the geologic and, and, the, and the lake sediment records and the geologic record and ice cores, uh, there's about a 1,500-year cycle where the planet warms and cools and warms and cools, and so there's a natural cycle of warming and cooling on this planet. And the evidence is overwhelming now because of, of the po- human population that we, we as humans, because of what we're doing to the atmosphere with greenhouse gases and burning fossil fuels, that we are accelerating the warming in this particular cycle that we're in. And it, it appears that for 
about the last hundred years as the, as the world's population grew in the industrial revolution from the industrial revolution and, and the agricultural revolution and popula- human population grew and more and more fossil fuels were utilized, we are raising the temperature, the air temperature, the atmosphere. And so we're accelerating the cycle. And it's especially true, the data point to megacities where you have 10 million people or more concentrated in, in these large cities, places like New York City and Sao Paulo, Brazil, and Manila and the Philippines, and, and places like that, that the local climates and the local weather were, were actually influencing the warming of the planet in those areas. And so for political reasons, we've decided in this country not to call it global warming, but to call it climate change. And it does have a predominant natural driver. The sun is is the main driver of, of the natural cycles of change. But there is the, the human-induced part of the change as well. And so we've decided in this country to call it climate change and not call it global warming. How do you believe that people, uh, it's kind of, you know, we've been, uh, we have a new movement going on with what we're doing throughout the world from our Water Life Science Research Center here and Chinese alternative PhDs and scientists from around the world are very pleased that we want to educate people, not sell them on anything, educate them on what we're trying to provide with information. Um, how do you think would be the best, what's the best way to, to get to reach to the people out at their homes and out on, in, on the streets of the world? Uh, Every day, pe- the people that are not in those positions, being so distracted with political, um, what's the word, pandering or, or vulnerability to others, how do you reach to those people to get them educated? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And I have found over my career that what you have to do is you, you have to relate what it is that you're trying to give them information on. And like you said, not sell them one way or another, but to give them information, let them make their own decisions on the science and the information, the data that you provide. But you have to put it, in a perspective of something that affects their everyday lives. I go back to the Western Governors Association. If I talked to them about water, I had their attention. If I talked to them about climate change, I didn't have their attention. So you have to really put the science and the applications in perspective. I've interacted with, I live in Western North Carolina, I've interacted often with our our, uh, Congressional House of Representatives. The representative from here is a Tea Partier. And he's very concerned about putting too much effort and too much money into changing industry for climate change. And so I talk with him often. And the way that I get his attention, and and he understands and responds, doesn't always agree with me, but he understands and responds, is I put climate change in the perspective of what's happening that we can see in western North Carolina with climate change and how it impacts the economy here. So... I feel like what, whoever your audience is, you have to put the science in the perspective for something that affects their everyday lives, and then they'll take an interest, and they'll put the time and effort into learning those things and applying them to their lives if they think they need to. And so I've don't make that decision idea. for them, but put it in, in perspective of their everyday life, and they pay more attention to it. 
Dr. Cecil, I've got an idea, and you're, you've got such a strong position. I really have to tell you, do you know where I think it needs to be? In the schools first. I don't think, oh, you know, absolutely. you're going to, I know I'm 74 years old. I'm supposed to be uh, an adult, uh, mature. But I find myself through my, my life, and I started out way back in time, very young, that every time I brought students to the focus, students to the campaign, and made them the primary one to get the message out, people listened. The enthusiasm yes. of the students, enthusiasm of their concerns, the cause, they've got, they, they're visionary, they're not so opinionated yet, and they're not thinking about their pocketbooks of themselves personally. Uh, because they don't, their pocketbook isn't paying the taxes or having to make ends meet. They're thinking about vision, and I believe and will. Pardon? And they're curious. They're adventurous. They're very, they're very curious. Yeah. They want and, to learn. Uh, Are you familiar with STEM? With what? Science, science, technology, engineering, and math program that is K through twelve. No. That is a, that's a fantastic e- program for, for getting the students involved in science, technology, engineering, and math. And there's a movement now, and I'm actually part of the movement, to make it STEAM. So it would be science, technology, engineering, arts, and architecture, and math. Mm-hmm. And get the students involved in, in designing and doing the experiments and learning the science and learning the arts and architecture and mm-hmm. apply it in their everyday lives where they live. Mm-hmm. So STEM program is fantastic for that. It's what you're talking about, students. What we need to do is make it global for all the children of the planet to know that when, I always say at the end of the show, embrace your life every special moment, but embrace somebody else's. But earth whispers, don't say goodbye but leave something of yourself for all the children of the world to come to know you care. Water should be the primary care. Because when they're involved in water, doctor, they're thinking about, like when I've spoken to different student groups. In fact, I just spoke for an hour and a half to a, or a state of Oregon care group. You could have heard a pinfall because I was teaching them something they all forgot. They're taking care of all these patients, but they forgot they are a living life of water, and if they don't take care of themselves, as vulnerable as we all are, they are going to have a hard time taking care of somebody else's health. When I zeroed in on the water of their body, the water of the planet, and the concern of the water vapor, they said they never had heard of that approach in their lives, doctor. And these are professional caregivers. When I've been in doctor's groups speaking to physicians, they forget. They forget. Now, get wrapped up in their own life and and their own work and their own time. Because we're not saying out there, we're not pounding the pavement with our pilgrimage that without the water in your body, there'd be no electrolytic energy to communicate with the energy of the electrolytic ability of the air to, to recycle with you. So, and without the surface water on the planet, the global will change because 
you've got to have a you're you're you know better than I. Do we have enough water on the surface of the planet to be able to to support the evaporation that is happening in the water vapor? Well, not if the population keeps growing like it is. Well, let's just say to start out with when the rain comes down, are we preserving on the surface of the planet that fresh water to influence the water vapor? Not enough. Thank you. Not enough. <laughs> not enough now, for not. Hey, that, by the way, that was a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> I I was hoping, but I wasn't sure <laughs> you would, because you you know more than I. But uh, uh, with my evaluations, um, that's what I'm saying. We've got to get these children involved so that they can start a let's say a water life science movement on the planet that works with co- uh, coalitions of youth, getting people behind the topic of their body water education, living with the water vapor of the air, and then the water on this planet has to be educated. We have to learn how to preserve it so the planet will be there forever. But I'm going to tease you before you leave today. You must have... Who were you rooting for at the Super Bowl? Uh, Well, I'm from Green Bay, so (laughs) my team wasn't in the Super Bowl. So I I really didn't watch it. I was going to tease you because uh, the Carolinas sure knew how to, uh, I mean, the Broncos sure knew how to sack, um, oh, God, <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed because I, uh, Cam Newton. Cam All Newton. I could think yep. about is they had seen the Broncos sack Tom Brady two weeks before, and he, they kept sacking him. During the yep. Super Bowl, they just went right after <laughs> Can't yeah, it didn't quite turn out the way uh, most of my neighbors here in, in North Carolina wanted it to turn out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I thank you for your time today. And uh, but would you. you send me an email on that youth group and the schools with that title of those classes? Are? I will. I'll do that. Because we're starting something that I'll inv- I'd like to involve you in with some individual scientists from China in the United States, too. Um, they want to be participating in more alternative, uh, holistic side of, of your health, which water has been for thousands of years right at the top. Well, the last thing I'll say is you, you talked earlier about the, the current presidential campaign we're in, and, and all the candidates are talking about border security and, and, and the safety of our, our citizens' from all the things that are happening on a global scale, and I can tell you, sooner than we hope, it's going to happen that those, those presidential campaigns are going to be focused on food and water security oh, on a global yeah. scale. And they don't talk about it now, but they will. Well, the other one is that grid. They're worried about the grid. What operates the water in the United States? Right, yep. Yeah, the, the power grid. They will not have any water to supply during a real tragic test. But I will thank you for coming on today. I know you're pressured for time, and uh, we'll do this again. All right. Thank you, Sharon. Keep up the good work, Doctor. Thank you. Bye. Well, we want to thank Dr. Cecil for coming on with us today. He had a meeting he had to go to, and I, I promised him that I wouldn't keep him on all the time. But I need to bring up Flint, Michigan again. 
There's a one woman in Flint. Her name is Lee Ann Walters. And when she found she was the one who brought it to attention to, to let's just say, the, the uh, government in Michigan, Flint, that something wasn't right. And it kind of says here, Meet the mom helped ex- that who helped expose the Flint toxic water nightmare. Let's call it a nightmare, the evil, the problems. On a chilly evening last March in Flint, Michigan, her name is Lee Ann Walters. She was getting ready for bed. And out of the clear of the sky, she heard her daughter screaming from one of the bathrooms. She goes running. It's in two-story house. She goes running up to the bathroom. Her daughter was panicked. Her beautiful hair was coming out in gobs. The challenges we're running into with all of this, and do we need you out there to get listeners to listen just to get it behind the power of water? and the pilgrimage of water life science in your life. The application of water life science in your everyday life means you're going to breathe healthy, clean water vapor in the air. You're going to learn how to breathe. Breathing can relieve problems and health issues like you can't believe. Breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. Do those exercises every once in a while to get that fresh air, water vapor into you and let the toxin come out through the mouth. Number two, you're going to make sure you're drinking lots of water, eight to ten glasses of water to replenish those organs in the body that are living with water. If the body water organs are not living in the rhythm and the amount of balance that it requires per organ, you will have symptoms, serious symptoms. Don't take them lightly. Learn how to more holistically, with holistic thousands of years of medicine that's been learned, stay away from the medical pill until you think you, can't, you didn't figure it out. The other one is your diet. Your diet can also cause you to over-evaporate. You'll notice it in your tummy. The gut will begin to have a little swelling because it didn't, the food didn't agree with you. It's causing a backup of water. And when you get a swelling in the ankles or in the feet or in the, in the uh, excuse me, in the wrists or in the hands or throughout the, in the tummy, you are not getting enough water. The body is overworking to keep up with the water you're losing with over-evaporation causing a severe dehydration. The dehydration word has been out of the, of the descriptions because you think unless you're 102 degrees temperature, you're not going to be seriously at death's door. Guess what? You are from the moment you were born. The evaporation of body water started then. There are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike. There are no two people exactly that look just alike. Remember, you're that unique. 
And so for you personally to learn how to live with yourself and your health, you need to get out of bed every morning and begin an excitement of living with the planet Earth and all the gifts that it offers because you're one of the gifts. But the supplementation to your life for the thousands of years have meant that you've been learning how to supplement by breathing properly, drinking the proper water, enough a day, but like we've been learning to gay with Flint, Michigan. Now, I don't know if you heard me say, Dr. Cecil said, well, it was really surprising how many people were not really so affected by it in children with the water, uh, the danger of the water. It's probably the ones that were affected that were thinking they were drinking enough water to be healthy a day. Stop and think. The others weren't drinking water at all, probably at all enough. And then I come on the radio show and scientists and physicians and around the world leaders say, you must drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. But I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to have to buy it and make sure that the companies are regulated, providing you the water you need. I, you know, because I, uh, I'm worried about the pipes all over the planet. I think the pipes have been ignored. I said this years ago. Start buying water. It's not that expensive. And making sure that your family has enough water to drink at least 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. It's vital to those organs for you to be able to communicate with the supplementation of the water vapor and its recycling, recycling of the air. Food has to have water to grow. Agriculture. And we're going to have to make sure it's safe. Because the water, the food you're eating, it's got to have safe water too, but it's got to make sure the soil is healthy. Did you know that healthy soil attracts to the water vapor of the air? Did you know that sand, the grain of sand, is almost like a lifeless organism? It doesn't communicate with the water vapor of the air the way you would think it would. It diminishes and it causes more evaporation to the water vapor, sand. The heat changes. The temperature changes. Soil has a balance, a more cooling. It'll draw from the water vapor, but in a healthier way than sand. We're saying that you should need moderate exercise, and the moderate exercise of your life means you've got to get around a little bit, not sit behind your computer all day. And when you're walking, get at yourself a little stride when you're walking, even if it's just to your car. Just walk with a little quicker pace. Don't walk slow. Take a pace. The other one is sleeping at night like the planet Earth sleeps. You want to slow down that evaporation. Lay there and sleep. Learn how to learn how you can personally sleep with your sleep. Everybody has a different uh, energy to sleep. Have you ever gotten up and said to somebody, how did you sleep? And they'll say, oh, horrible. Well, we have to learn to go to bed. How are we going to learn to do this? So during your sleep, if you should wake up, do some breathing exercises. If you're in bed with somebody, they won't hear you. You can do it silently. Do some eye reflexology, uh, eye rapid technology, eye exercises, and then do some breathing exercises. You might even get up and have a glass of water. Always make sure there's bottled water in your bathroom if you think the water at the pipes are not safe. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. 
And you're going to learn that the diet is just as important with the water to drink, too. That's what you're eating every day. It's so important how to slow that evaporation down. Now, back to Flint, Michigan. Let's all get our prayers out for everybody in Flint, even the leaders. They didn't know what they were talking about. We're not going to point fingers. They were depending upon authorities to know what they're talking about. It sounds like the authorities didn't know what they were talking about. So look at your own community, ask questions, but please don't ever stop drinking enough water. It's vital to your health. I want to thank you for listening today, and as I always say, embrace your life. It is that special to you and to those around you, but brace somebody else's. With respect, dignity, and integrity, that's life. That's their life. But earth whispers, never say goodbye. Leave something of yourself that everybody will remember you for forever so that all the children uh, to come will know that you cared about them too. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Oh,